It's your girl Cheryl with another episode of the Shades of Strong podcast where we are doing our part to support Black women in freeing themselves from the burden of being strong by creating safe and sacred spaces for them to uncape, unmask, and unhide so that they can be whatever shade of strong that feels right for them. And if you are tuning in for the first time, welcome to the show, sis. Go ahead and kick back, relax, stay a while. If you've been here for a while, welcome back. We are so glad that you are here with us. We are so glad that you continue to invite us into your space. So you go ahead and get comfortable too as we prepare to bring you another soul-stirring conversation about the Black female experience. Y'all, let me tell y'all. I'm so excited about season five of the podcast because it's a little different from the previous seasons that we've done. This season of the podcast, we are bringing you all things Black female experience. <laughs> and it's going to be so good because we are bringing you straight, no chase of conversations with some of the dopest, most unapologetic Black women I have encountered to date. Having said all of that, I have joining me in the virtual stu studio today, Wendy Dixon. Let me tell y'all, this girl, I met her on in a Facebook group. I saw her post something in a Facebook group and I was like, I need to know her. I need some Wendy in my life because she <laughs> is the epitome of what it means to dance to the beat of your own strong. And I am so happy that she's decided to help me or let me help her tell her story. Hey, Wendy, what is up? What is happening? How are all the things, girl? <laughs> yes, listen, I am so happy to have you here. I don't know if you remember when I reached out to you, but I don't remember exactly what you posted, but I was just like, for real, for real, I need this girl in my life because <laughs> you are like in the online space. You are so unapologetic about what you, about your morals and your values and your beliefs. And like, you don't really care what nobody say about it. And you're not saying it in an ugly way or air quotes, aggressive way. You know how black women get labeled that, but you're just saying what you're saying. And I'm not seeking anybody's approval. I said what I said, period. And I love that about you so welcome to the show girl so happy to have you here thank you thank you it took me a long time to get there but i'm coming i'm coming yes you are coming yes you are but before we dive into your story i want to give you a few minutes to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself who you are what you do what sets your soul on fire well as you mentioned my name is wendy i'm Originally from Chicago, I'm a first-generation American. My family come from Belize, which is a small Caribbean country in the Central American region, but I'm now in Lexington, Kentucky. I am a certified circle facilitator. I'm a death doula, and I'm currently studying trauma healing because I hope to someday be a trauma healing guide or coach for others who are coming through what I am coming through. So yeah, and that's that's my passion, and that's what lights my soul on fire to uh, learn and apply and integrate these things in my life and turn around and reach my hand back out to my sisters and say, hey, 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 come this way. Come this Absolutely. way. This is how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely love it. So you and I are actually operating in the same vein. 
Now you yes. mentioned that you are a deaf doula. Now, when you first said that to me, I was like, oh my gosh, what's a deaf doula? But then I Googled it. Tell our listeners what a, what a deaf doula is. How do you operate in that vein? A deaf doula is just a person who is there to help you navigate and uh, figure out the space as you walk into the death, uh, the door of death. A lot of people don't uh, realize that hospice is not a 24-hour on-call thing. They come as needed or as scheduled. And a deaf doula is, is just is very much just a companion to sit with you and be with you. Maybe you don't have family or maybe you do have family and they can't take off time from work to sit with you as you go toward this milestone of, of the point of a journey in a, of a soul. So I'm just there to be your companion and, and provide a safe space for you and create a loving, warm, peaceful environment as you approach your next your next assignment. Yeah, see, I told y'all this girl is all the things and she does all the things. I love it. But yeah, so yeah, we are so happy to have you here, Wendy. We're so excited about the work that you're doing. She's in the helping field and she's here for her sisters and just for people in general. Like I said, this season is all about sharing the stories of Black women who are daring to do life differently. And Wendy is definitely the epitome of that. So I want to start our conversation with you repeating and completing the statement, my strong is. My strong is my emotion. And that is being able to sit in the uncomfortableness of the dark and the light. When I invited you to do, because we have a whole My Strong Is campaign, shameless plug here, if you want to be a part (laughs) of that campaign, hit us up, hi at shadesstrong.com. But anyway, back to what I was saying. When I when I read yours, when mm-hmm. that was just something about the part where you said, I am able to sit in both the dark and the light, and I embrace wasn't what doesn't always feel good. And it has been my experience that most black women have a have an experience of perhaps abandonment or rejection or some type of traumatic experience that often forces them into living in these spaces, like in your cases where perhaps you didn't feel comfortable being emotional or expressing and feeling feeling and fully experiencing emotion. So can you just paint us a picture of what your life was be- before your strong became emotion? Um, whew. before <laughs> okay, my deep breath, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. I kept having these failed attempts at exploring or wanting relationship I would date and we would get to six and to six and nine months area and it would fizzle I would short circuit and then as uh, their behavior would reflect mine and it, it would come to that point I would start to get like clingy my temperament would vary depend on what they did or did not do or how they did or did not react to me and my expectations so I said, Wendy, you're you're the common denominator here. You've got to accept some accountability. What's going on? All of these situations, you're the run, you're the biggest theme. In all of these toxic situations, you're present. So out of curiosity and just talking with a a guy friend that I met online, never met in person. We just met each other in um, a healing group or it was a heal. I'm in so many groups. It was a healing group, I believe. And we just befriended each other because we would always be all over each other's posts and stuff. And I've never met him, but 
we still to this day we keep in touch and every week what's up what you doing what you got going on anyway he was like um you should find out what your love style is and i'm like love style what is that and i've i took the, he was like here take this test and it was a personal development test with thais gibson it had the four main attachment styles on there you know uh dismissive fearful avoidant anxious attachment and secure so i came up anxious attachment that's the one where we give our power away to everybody. We, we're seeking uh, validation. We're people pleasing. We're trying to prove our worth. Everything we're, we're we're begging for it from outside. We're fawning, really. That's my that's my uh, trauma response is to fawn. So I looked up that anxious attachment. I was like, what? Doesn't that sound like me? And all of those the bullet points. I was like, what? <laughs> So I went to there, I, I, I said, how do I fix this? And so I said, let me make a, let me look up my most, you know, local therapist. So I found somebody who vetted a couple of them who suited me. And then she says, um, well, this is a, a actually codependency and an abandonment issue. I'm like, abandonment? I ain't never been abandoned. Come okay. from a good home with a good mama. We had how good, we had Sunday dinner every Sunday when we was in church and I had pretty dresses with both. And pigtails and frill, I had frilly stuff on. You know, I, I come from a good home. My house was the house you go to when you needed some hospitality. People came in town. My house was the house we st- they stayed at. So we talked and we spent about three time, three visits. So finally, she said, "Let me tell you something. You were well taken care of and provided for, and you had all the nice things." She said, "But your mother emotionally tormented." You. Your mother was toxic and she was a narcissist parent. I was taken aback, lady. Don't you say these things about my sweet little mama. God rest her soul. Not my sweet little mama. No, this is blasphemy. And so I, I, it it sunk in with me. And at that point, I wasn't the type was, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, you know. I I was open. I took Mm -hmm. it in and I sat with it. And then I went to work the next day. And I was still thinking. And then the next day I couldn't go to work. I called off for three days because I stayed in my room and I cried for three days. I cried. She's like, you have CPTSD. She's, I said, you know, well, what's that? She said, well, you've experienced so much trauma in your life over and over and over again. PTSD is, you know, they knew who they once were. They had one big incident that was isolated. She said, you never had a chance. You were tra- traumatized from in utero. My good was never good enough. There was never, oh, baby, you got all these A's. Let's go get some ice cream. It was just looking at our report card with something ridiculous to say. My father died, so she had to send me to the sitter. I ended up being molested. Mm-hmm. Over my lifetime, I ended up being molested three different times by two relatives, one being my brother that I lived with in my household. I ended up being raped as a teenager. The domestic violence with her, unemotional, unavailable, uh, emotional unavailability. I lost my father at eight. I mean, and the story goes on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have always, always wanted and, and desired and craved deep connection. I don't, I don't do well with small talk and surface level situations. I've always wanted deep connection. I've always wanted to be supported and to give support. And I just find that before I was aware of that's what this was, I constantly found myself being uh, rejected or pushed away by others. I've I've come to learn after searching myself and and working with my therapist that there was nothing wrong with me. 
I just had a desire for intimacy, support, and emotion. And that's something that's really not accepted in this world, in this society that we live in today. But now I have come to terms with that. And I realized that there's nothing wrong with me, that I'm okay. I was just asking the wrong people for the for what I needed, and they were unable to meet me in that need. I would meet people and I would want to go further, have deeper conversations, and, and they just weren't capable to reciprocate that. I would say something, I would express vulnerability, and you know, they weren't able to meet me there. They would change the subject or or find something else to uh, well, find something else to talk about, or they would re- respond in a way that was not meeting me with the same vulnerability. I showed up there, but they were never arriving. I had to learn that, okay, people can only meet me as far as they have met themselves. And some people aren't okay with being that vulnerable. They push that away and they push that down. Where me, I naturally explored, what, what, what is this? Why is this? I knew something was different about me and the way I interacted. But until my therapist taught me proper tools and terms and gave me books and helped me educate myself on it, it's only that, only in that moment where I learned to navigate my needs and wants better. So did you ever find yourself in a place where you felt the need to perhaps suppress an emotion for fear of people rejecting what you were giving? Did I, did I suppress? Mm, I wouldn't say that. No, no. I didn't suppress it. I, I would just take, I would just be in that hurt. Mm-hmm. I would just be, I, I would just, as I said, I didn't have the knowledge to know that, oh, it's because they can't be vulnerable too. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that, but no, I, I didn't suppress. I didn't suppress it. I think it's so interesting that you said that they, that they couldn't be vulnerable too, because a lot of times I've found in my own personal experience is that we reject what makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so if 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 I'm being vulnerable with you, you're not. I don't even. I don't. I don't even want to say that it's re, it's rejection. I think it's more of. I don't know how to respond to that because I know my daughter. If if she's in the presence of someone who perhaps may be crying or maybe on the verge of tears, it makes her so uncomfortable because she doesn't. She hasn't yet learned how to support them in that mm-hmm. area so it rather than her giving in to whatever she's feeling in that moment she pushes away from it and she's like oh my gosh I can't be in the presence of these people crying because I don't know what to do you know what I'm saying yeah and so I think it's so interesting that you said that we we reject what we're not comfortable with that's very important for us to realize in ourselves because all the time it's not that a person is necessarily rejecting whatever you're experiencing in that moment. It's just, they just don't know how to deal with it. And that com- that goes back to being able to effectively communicate. There's nothing wrong with asking a person, how can I support you in this moment? Uh, I find that sometimes it makes me uncomfortable too. And in situations, I find that, you know, it's not always about fixing somebody or fixing the situation. We, yes, you're right. We want to fix it because we're uncomfortable with it. But we have to remember, you know, it's not our job to fix others. All we can do is sit with them and hold space and validate them and just say, man, 
that must be tough for you. Or man, I can't imagine what you're going through. You don't have to offer a solution or try to just sit there and just hold space with that person. Mm -hmm. And that may be all that they need. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Just sit there and let them know that, you know, you're not alone. I'm here with you. We can go to the park. We can watch a movie. We can do whatever. But know that you don't have to be alone in this. Absolutely. And that goes back to what you were saying. I can sit in the light and the dark. So what does sitting in the light and the dark feel like for you? Sitting in the light. That is fun. That is vibrant. (laughs) (laughs) That is laughter. Sitting in the light is uh, being so filled with love and joy that you feel a, a warm ball of light emanating from your center and you just want to share with others and hug others and help others and advise others and, and, and be and laugh and joy and, and just, just be in a loving energy, a bright energy. Sitting with the dark is knowing that, okay, I am down today mm-hmm. and it's perfectly normal to be down. That is a human experience. It is abnormal to think that anyone or that we ourselves can always behave in a joyous or loving way. That's not normal. That's uh, if you're if I was to be like that, I would think that I'm in character. I'm masking. I'm hiding yes. something. That's why it spoke to me so heavily because I was just like, oh, my gosh, to be able to be OK with sitting in the dark Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but it's necessary because and as as cliche as it sounds without the darkness there is no light yep and so we have to have both so what do you think it took for you to get to this place where you are comfortable sitting in both i i needed more understanding I had had enough of being pushed away by people. And I went to the ther- my therapist with the mindset of, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And after we got to talking, she said, no, you're not the problem. Society is the problem. So we live in a toxic society that says, uh, that always wants you to operate in love, light, and joy when we don't have a culture or an environment of love, light, and joy. So make that make sense. How could I be living in a world that's filled with so much pain, so much murder? The babies don't have milk. There's a pandemic. There's death. There's abuse. And yet you want me to walk around and love, like, enjoy all the time, every time? That's like society's gaslighting you. Come on, Wendy. This and that's exactly the world we live in. And I think people expect, like you're saying, they expect us, they expect us to be air quote strong. No matter Mm -hmm. what's going on around us, especially in the black community, like there's so much tragedy happening, even right now, like you were mentioning the shootings and we're in the middle of a pandemic. Racism is a pandemic in itself, epidemic in itself. And so for uh, for society and religion and whoever to expect us to be strong in the midst of all of these things and not be able to feel and express an emotion what does that say about the society that we live in? What does that say about the world that we live in when a black woman cannot freely express how she's feeling without having a label being placed on her? It's toxic. toxic. It's hurtful. It's hurtful. It's yeah. toxic. It, 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 and the thing is, there needs, there's, 
a, a call a call for change needs to happen and while we have not fully arrived i don't think we ever will we're, uh, we are making progress because mental health and emotional intelligence and spirituality are now on the rise it's trending more people are becoming aware more people are having language around they know the terms of what this is and what that is they know um uh, they're learning uh, about how to set and enforce boundaries so we're getting better but still there's a lot of work that we have to do as a culture and in ourselves and in each other i agree now, i want to mm -hmm. go back to here we were talking about emotional intelligence and emotional abandonment you mentioned that you felt that, that before you started going to therapy you mentioned that you thought that you grew up in an environment where your emotional needs were being met but then as you began to do your work in therapy you realized oh my gosh no no they weren't um well i i grew up in a home where there was alcoholism mm -hmm. there was domestic violence mm -hmm. and um there it was toxic and I've, i i thought that well because i was well fed and well dressed and our home was clean and my mother was very hospitable and there were always someone at our house and we were always feeding and we were always giving somebody always who was down on their luck was always with us and had a place to stay i thought that everything was okay but when i went to therapist i went to see my therapist she 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 said to me one day she's like i don't know if you realize this but just because you were well taken care of and you were not physically abused doesn't mean that you were not abused. She mm -hmm. she told me that you your mother was your biggest abuser. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with that and I was just stuck. My mouth was on the floor. I couldn't believe it. Trauma is not only what happens to you or the events that occur in your life. It's what didn't happen to you as well. Yes. And I didn't Absolutely. receive I didn't receive those uh hugs. I didn't receive that, hey, pretty girl. I didn't receive that, oh, you look like a baby doll. I didn't receive that, oh, you got good grades. Let's go for ice cream. I, you know, I didn't receive that positive reinforcement. I didn't receive all the, the love and the hugs and the I loves you, I love yous that I needed. Mm -hmm. And now that inner child, that little girl is still in there looking for, to be met in that emotion. And here I am today. Well, yes, I have learned to remother her and reparent her mm -hmm. and do my own part in 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 healing my inner child. I still search for that in relationships. And it doesn't make me codependent or anything like that. The key to healing not being met in relationships is getting in relationships where you are being met now. It's called relational healing. So you have to navigate and find safe people who want to meet you in your vulnerability, who want to meet you in your emotion, who want to sit with you, who want to hold space wow. with you. And that's something that's hard to find today because people are still not tapping in to that inner, what's on the inside, to what they need. They're pushing down that emotion. Not many of us are self-aware. When you have an opportunity to be in relationship with someone, whether it is platonic, romantic, or otherwise, what are you looking for or what what attracts you to an individual when it comes to someone being able to sit in your pain with you? 
I'm looking for somebody who also takes their healing just as serious. Somebody who's doing the work in themselves. Again, people cannot meet you in that, in your emotion, in your need, if they have not met themselves in that. I can't expect someone to be able to understand, to hold space, to see me if they can't see themselves. And this is a two-way street. There's going to be days where I'm down and I, my inner self-critic is coming up against me. And those are the days my friend is there for me and vice versa. How, how important do you think it is? And it, it, that probably sounds like a really stupid question, but, <laughs> but how <laughs> important do you think it is to surround yourself with these type of people? And how quickly do you think we need to remove ourselves from situations where we are not getting the emotional support that we need? It's very important to surround yourself with people who can give you that. It, you do, you're doing yourself a disservice when you sit in relationships that are not feeding you, that are not growing you, that are not give and take, they're not bartering with you. Those things are not serving you and they are not nourishing you. There's, there's no purpose for that. I've had even relationships that I have had to walk away from because all we had was all this time. All we had is that we love each other. It takes more than love and time to nurture each other, to grow on each other with each other, to unlearn together, to relearn and integrate together, to hold each other accountable. It's more than love and all this time. And I'm sorry, but could you repeat the second part of your question? You had, you posed how two quickly, questions. Like how quickly do you think we need to remove ourselves from those situations when, when we're not getting what we need from that relationship? Almost immediately, immediately, because it has no, no purpose. It has no, if you're showing up and you're inviting people to meet you and they are not accepting your invitation, then that means that they don't want this. This doesn't work for them. They cannot be that for you. And it's okay. It doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make me bad. It just means that we are not in alignment. Maybe one day we'll be in alignment. Maybe one day we won't. But nobody is the bad guy here. We just have different needs and we're at different points in our life. And I think we need to be courageous enough to say that and not yes. let and not just stay in, in these spaces hoping that someday they're going to give me what I need. Some days they're going to be able to love and support and make me feel seen and heard in the way that I need. Because in more cases than not, <laughs> it usually mm-hmm. doesn't turn out that way. If you are misaligned, you are misaligned in that moment. Like you say, there may come a time after he or she has done her work that we may align, but at this moment, we're not. So why mm-hmm. are we continuing in relationship? I think we have to get to a, get to a space where we're not afraid to detach ourselves from that situation because what we're do, I think what we're doing is unfair, not only unfair to ourselves, but it's also unfair to the other individual. Yes, yes. You have to be, as you said earlier, courageous. Courage is the word. Mm -hmm. Speak up for your needs. Hold space for yourself. Mm -hmm. Honor yourself. Anything less is Mm -hmm. self-betrayal. Holding space is like a buzzword right now, but it's, but it's, (laughs) it's leaning more towards holding space for other people. But even Mm -hmm. before you can hold space for other people, you have to be able to hold space for yourself. And yes. if you're not if you're not able to hold space for you, for Wendy, for Cheryl, you are not going to be able to effectively 
hold space for others. There are some that are going to disagree with that, but that is a hill that I am willing to die on. Like, I just yes. don't think you can. I don't think you're able to. If you're not able to hold space for yourself, I don't think you're able to hold space for other people. Yes, I've said that a few times. You can only meet people where you have met yourself. Yes. I can't hold space for you if I don't even know how to hold space for me. I don't even know what holding space looks like. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for you, Wendy? For me, uh, girl, sitting in my shit. I, I tried to stutter. <laughs> sitting in my shit. <laughs> Acknowledging, hey, ah, what is this in my chest? Oh, that's sadness. Hey, sadness, how are you? What are you telling me? What do I need today? What do I need? Okay. Some days you don't even know how to fix it. You just sit with it. I am sad today. And in a while, this emotion will pass. And in three days or four days, maybe it'll be back. Maybe it won't. But just sit with it and know that this is okay. And sitting with it, Wendy, do you think that we should give ourselves a time limit on how long we're going to sit with it? Um... In a perfect world, I would say, yes, I'm going to grieve for three days and then that's it. Mm-hmm. But no, we want to think that way, but no, we want to think that way because we got an agenda. We got stuff I got to do. Right. I ain't got time to be feeling these feelings. I got to right. get to work. I got to feed yes. these kids. I don't got time to be feeling these feelings. <laughs> that's but that, ain't, that, that, that just ain't how it works. Yes. <laughs> that, that just, that, that ain't how it goes. Imagine, imagine feelings as a ball and you're at the beach with this beach ball mm-hmm. and you don't feel like feel you don't feel like dealing with this ball it flows back to you and you bat it away you push it away you push it down but when you push push that down under the water what happens it pops back up and it don't gently come back up that ball come back up with force and yeah. you push it down again and what happened that ball comes back with force until you address it mm-hmm. those emotions are going to tear you up oh, emotions yes. will will cause you to act out at work and now you lost your job. It will cause you to act out in your relationship and now you've lost your marriage. It'll cause you to act out in so many ways and it can ruin you. Address it. Yes. The easiest way for you to get it to any thought, any emotion, any feeling, the easiest way for you to get it to stop tearing you up is to give it the attention that it desires because it is telling you something. Emotions, feelings, and thoughts are all telling you, oh, this works for me. Oh, this doesn't work for me. Oh, it, these, it's telling you something. Yeah. And until you listen to it and honor it and give it its space, figure out what it wants and make peace with it, it's going to continue to return and possibly wreak havoc in your life. You have to hold space for it. Even if you say, okay, one hour a day, I'm about to go cry and I'm about to go hold space for <laughs> right. myself and do whatever I need to do. You have gotcha. to. Yeah, yeah. To that accommodate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't, emotions will show up in your body. Mm-hmm. Emotions, oh, yes, pain, trauma, yes. and emotions show up in your body. Now you don't know why you got a headache every day. Now you're so sick. You can't go to the bathroom or or you can't eat or your pressure is high. Do you see when people get angry, their pressure go up? Yeah, we feel everything. You ever heard I got cold feet because they got scared. I'm weak in the knees. Oh, they nervous. They got anxiety. I got butterflies. Oh, he gives me butterflies. That's happiness. Our body 
will tell us a lot of this healing these emotions and stuff is going into your body and seeing where that shows up for you right. seeing how can how, how how where am i feeling this is this in my heart is this in my legs is this in my in my in my, in my stomach we try to navigate and 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 how do i say analyze and, and make logical decisions about our emoji, uh, emotions it's not all in our head connect to your body too feel what you're feeling yeah so how easy I can say, I'm just asking all these questions, but no. how easy is it for you to, like, is there a moment in your life where, where you're just like, you know what, I don't want to sit in the dark today, and do you do it anyway? No, if I'm feeling something, I feel it. That's how you feel. <laughs> when to say, I'm feeling it. <laughs> I let it have its way. I let okay. it have its way. I love that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nope. nothing wrong with just letting it have its way what about anger with anger uh you know I, I let it have its way as well but i i kind of i kind of govern it a little bit because I, you don't want to be at work and banging and slamming and answering the phone nasty <laughs> you yeah. know you you have to curtail it because you don't want it to take you over you, it's okay to be angry go out to the car on your lunch break and do a 15 minute meditation on you uh -huh. too you know, go to your girlfriend and, and, and have a phone call with her. Um, if you don't have girlfriends, there is support on social media. Jump in Facebook groups, mm -hmm. jump on Instagram, jump in clubhouse groups. There is community out there. You just have to be, you haven't wanted enough to go and look for it. But there are places you can sound off and talk about these things, but you have to channel it into a healthy way. Don't let it overtake you. It needs to be expressed. It needs to be let out. You know Absolutely. what I did recently? With anger, what? I went to a rage room and they give you like so many bottles and so many cups. And I had a list. I knew what I was going there for, baby. I was intentional. Every time I put a bottle there, okay, this is for the time such and such didn't call me back. And I waited for three days. Pow, I smacked wow. it. This <laughs> I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. This is for the time such and such didn't hold me. This is for the time such and such didn't meet me. This is for the time such and such didn't pay me my money back. And I smashed them. And I felt so good when I walked out of there. Yes, I love that. So for people who don't have access to a rage room, what are some things that they could possibly do? The same thing in their driveway or garage okay. or, or base. <laughs> Go to the Goodwill yeah, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, get stuff you don't need no more. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. And go down there with a bat and tear it up in your backyard, Ooh, in the that. alley. Whatever you got to do, find a way to destroy. You want to destroy something? Don't let it consume you or take it over, take you over, or don't let it wreak havoc in your life. Contain it and do it in a healthy way. You mad about something? Fire up your barbecue grill and go burn all them old rags and towels that you've been needed to get rid of. You ain't got no use for it no more. Just watch something you want to destroy. Allow space to destroy. Let that be. Don't let that tell you. It's better out than in because now you're stressing. I'm so glad you said that because a lot of times when it comes to anger, I think it's easier easier for us to suppress that emotion than it is for us to suppress other emotions because we don't want to be labeled as the angry black woman. And so I think it's very important for us to find healthy ways to express our anger. And I'm saying that because my grandson, who's only 11 right now, Sometimes he'll get angry. And I always tell him, like, you know, take a few deep breaths. But deep breaths don't work for everybody. Nope. Some people want the physical act of yes. destroying. 
Yeah, so you have to find what works for you because I feel like a rage room would probably work for me, girl. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you mad? Get in that garden and aggressively tear up all them weeds, pull it out, mm-hmm. tear it up, mm-hmm. snatch it down, all that. Get you a bat and an old tire and beat that tire. <laughs> Because I, I mean, it's, I mean, like, it's like you're crazy. saying. No, I think because you do have to find what works for you. Meditation may not work for you. It, yeah. it it will calm me back down, but it may not work for the next person. Just like breathing, like taking deep breaths and and focusing on your breath. Like maybe that doesn't work for you. Maybe you need to go break some shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if that's what you need, find what works for you. Whatever it takes for you to process and move through that emotion then do that and it doesn't have to look like it looks for other people and there's, nope, no, sh- just, there's no shame in that yes the only thing that i will say for a blanket statement and this goes for everybody channel that negativity or that anger in a healthy way do not hurt anybody else don't and, and i don't even mean physically i mean don't not because you're angry don't run around being rude to everybody being right, mean to everybody right. talking down don't right. do that don't do that in our previous conversation i was i was telling you about how i wanted this season to be about us creating ease and getting back to this space where we can play breathe and connect and i feel like you are using emotion to do just that your strong being emotion is helping you to create ease in your life just listening to you talk because you're able to move through these emotions and deal with them and feel them and fully experience them then Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say that it really is supporting you and creating ease in your life. Mm -hmm. It is. We need an outlet. We need an outlet. We need, whether whether it's anger or love, we need a way to express that. If you can't find love, if you want to love and you're not finding anybody to step up to that place in your life, get an animal, go volunteer. Go, go down to the Boys and Girls Club. They got big, what the big sisters and big brothers of America. There's people in hospice who, old elders who have no family that's coming to see them. You can find outlets for these emotions and you don't have to just sit there and bottle that up. There are ways. And there's healing in all of that. There's healing in it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So how do you think your strong is going to continue to evolve as you continue to do your work? What's it going to look like for you? Man, it's, it's going, it's going to, I don't know what the end process, well, is there an end? Healing is lifelong. Healing it's is a lifelong. Absolutely. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's, there's yeah. no end. There's but no end. I don't know what this, the picture will look like. I know it's going to be beautiful. And I know with the, the the hurt and the pain that you process, joy comes. But I know that I can only continue to follow the same formula that I have been following because it's working for me. I continuously put myself as number one. I continually uh, commit and invest in myself. Mm-hmm. As I grow, I learn new things. I get rid of all things. I explore my triggers. What made me feel this way? Did I not feel seen? Ooh, Did I not yeah, feel hurt? Yeah. I continually go to my therapist. I always peel back the layers of myself, integrate the new thing. Don't just learn something and be like, okay, I know that. Integrate it, use it, apply it in your life mm-hmm. and, and, and just keep being open to information. Why is it that people think that we have to stay in what has always worked for us? 
look at this. Our cell phone. Every now and again, our cell phone needs a reboot because this, mm-hmm. the, 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 the software has upgraded. It's the same thing for us. We've got to stop and regroup, uh, re- reboot because we have upgraded our mental software. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, we, and now we've got to incorporate that and walk in it. There's nothing wrong with thinking one day Monday and then Friday you had a totally different outview, uh, outlook. Absolutely. Because you receive new information, you receive new processes, you found something that works better for you. Mm-hmm. This girl, okay. <laughs> yes, girl. Listen, Wendy, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for thank you for having me. Like, thank you for just coming on and just sharing sharing with our listeners. I Ooh. so appreciate you coming in and sharing your story story with us, giving us all these gold nuggets, girl, some things that we can do (laughs) differently. Like it's been all the things it really is, but before, or it really has, but before we wrap it up, I always like to do a few rapid fire questions just because. Uh Oh, So, (laughs) are you an introvert or extrovert? Introvert. You're an introvert. Stop this. Girl, I know when it's time to put on the show. I know when to put my hat. You know when to wear your hat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next one. And I feel like I already know the answers to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Honesty or sparing others' feelings? Honesty. Every time. Every time. time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Biggest pet peeve? Mm, People who are unwilling to do their homework. They want to be spoon-fed information. Look, if I throw you a bone or I throw you a few keywords, take that and put it into Google, put it into YouTube, put it into okay. to, to TikTok and research it. Because and I, then, do, I don't want to do your research for you. No. And then when you have all that you have and you still have questions, come back and let's chop it up. But yeah. invest in yourself. I want to see you investing in you and then mm-hmm. I'm going to invest in you. Absolutely. Okay. All right, y'all. We're going to get ready to wrap it up. Wendy has been all the things. She's given us all of these good nuggets. But before we wrap it up, before we sign off, sum it all up for us, Wendy. If there was one thing you want our listeners to take away from this message, what is that in a nutshell? It is perfectly fine to be a mess and to sit in your messiness of who you are. We are not perfect. The journey looks different for each of us. So do what works for you, but be open to input and other information. I always say, chew the meat and spit out the fat. Take the bits and pieces that is going that you need to get you where you need to go. Girl, I'm about to throw my handkerchief. What? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I love it. Oh my gosh, that was so good. All right, guys. <laughs> Before we get out of here, Wendy, why don't you tell our listeners where they can connect with you in the online space? If you have anything that com- that's coming up, any resources available that you would like for them to be able to access, go ahead and share all the information with us. My website is the shadow doula at uh, theshadowdoula.com. I'm sorry. And there you can find listings for my services. I offer uh, moon circles every month via Zoom. We can do full moon circles, new moon circles. I host sister circles of sacred spaces that offer different themes. Sometimes we talk about self-love. Sometimes we talk about what are red flags and green flags in relationships, mm-hmm. talking about how to set up boundaries, how to assert for yourself. 
And so I, it's just a space that I've created to help my sisters along. And I will yeah. have the link to Wendy's website in the show notes of this episode. So all you got to do is go out there and click it, see what she's got going on. All right, yeah. guys, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and Wendy. We are so happy that you are sharing your day with us. Be sure to follow us on Shades of Strong on your favorite social media platform. (laughs) And let us know what your strong is by using the hashtag MyStrongIs and Shades of Strong. All right. Say goodbye, Wendy. Goodbye, everybody. Peace and blessings, beautiful souls. All right, guys. We will see you guys in the next episode. For now, we are out. Thank you.